when you feel like giving up, how to keep going. That's what we are talking about today. So look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going. We're in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's just get right into the Word of God. You got the Word of God with you today? All right, go ahead. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that what? So easily entangles. And let's read this next part together. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of what? The pioneer and perfecter of faith. Continuing on, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So this big idea, the big idea that we see here in Hebrews chapter 12 is all of this is so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because it's pretty easy to grow weary. And it's pretty easy to lose heart. And with the challenges that you face every day, and the times when your back is against the wall in life, and when you feel an overwhelming burden that seems like, I'm not sure if I can continue forward, The writer of this letter has given us a gift. What do you do when you feel like giving up? How to keep going. That's what we're going to talk about today. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for us being together. Thank you for your love for us. Communicated uh, in so many different ways, but specifically today uh, in this message that helps us turn our eyes to you Uh, to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We ask that you would illuminate our hearts, that you would draw us close to you, uh, and that we would experience your love in a profound way through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So the the, the first thing in this passage, the first thing is uh, when you feel like giving up, When you feel like giving up, the first thing that you have to remember is you have to remember that you are surrounded. Now, for some of you, this isn't something that I have to tell you about today. In fact, a lot of you feel surrounded. You just feel surrounded by the wrong things. You're like, hey, I don't really need you to tell me that I'm surrounded because I am surrounded with a struggle. I'm surrounded by confusion. I'm surrounded by negativity. I'm surrounded. I think it's interesting that when you're surrounded, it feels kind of like a fog all the way around you, like you're searching and trying to move forward. But what I love about Hebrews chapter 12 is that the writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. What the enemy wants to do is get your thoughts to only think that you're in this alone. (laughs) That as the debt stacks up, 
as the payments have to be made, as you have a lot of things to do and you don't have enough time and, you know, it's a new month, but you may have just experienced this because we just got to the end of the month and sometimes there's uh, more month than there is money. And so, like, what do I do in that tension in between when I feel surrounded by so many different problems? And what the writer says is, uh, while you are surrounded by problems and while you are going to face opposition, don't forget for a second that you're surrounded by people of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, he talks about the people of God and all of them. I love it. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, you can be like, man, he talks about them in such a glowing way. But then you go and read their, their stories and you're like, man, these guys were colossal failures. (laughs) These guys were incredible at messing up. And that, for me, gives me a little bit of hope that maybe, maybe my life is going to count, too. And it's not just biblical characters who you're surrounded by. But you're also surrounded by people, the people of God, who are in your past. Maybe it's your family members who have gone on to be with the Lord. Maybe it's, it's, it's a mentor from when you were a, a young child. You are surrounded And there's a song today, I love this song, it says, it may feel like I'm surrounded, God, but I'm surrounded by you. In Psalm chapter 3, the psalmist will say this, he'll say, you, O Lord, are a shield about me, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Now, how he starts this off is, how many are my foes? I've got a lot going on. I got enemies coming at me. Haters are all around me. I don't know if I'm going to make it through everything that is happening. But you, oh God, are a shield, not just in front of me, around me. You're surrounding me in this, God. And I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. See, this is what happens when you get surrounded. I see it happen all the time. When you get surrounded... You start looking around, and then you start looking down. (laughs) Anybody else? When you get surrounded by stress, you look around at all of the problem, and then in anxiety, the question is, how do I, how do I work this out? And what Ron Babbitt would say to me is, wrong question. (laughs) Because Psalm 3.3 says, You're my glory. You're the one who lifts my head. Why does he lift your head? So that you can see him who's working in it. Because otherwise you're just going to look at at the problems or you're going to look to yourself. But when he lifts your head, you have a different perspective. And you remember who is with you in the fight. You remember who is with you in the process. You remember who is there with you who is going to help you out when you can't continue on anymore. Surrounded. In a lot of places, a lot of people's minds, the last thing that they ever want is to feel surrounded. But let's flip that today. Because the actual perspective is I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I'm surrounded by God. I'm surrounded to walk 
forward. I'm surrounded to continue on. I'm surrounded to keep going. So when I'm tired, when I want to give up, I can keep going because I'm surrounded. It's not just my enemies against me. It's God who is for me. I'm surrounded. Remember, you are surrounded when you feel like giving up. I got five more of these, so let's keep going. Second thing that you do, when you feel like giving up, throw off what is holding you back. Man, I'm about to amen myself on that, Kyler. Throw off what is holding you back. See, in Hebrews chapter 12, he says this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. But what a lot of you learned and what I kind of got an idea of growing up is really what I needed to be focusing on was just my sin problem. But the writer of Hebrews says, don't just focus on your sin problem. Also, while you're there, acknowledge that there's just a struggle going on. And what I want you to do is throw it off. Now, there's a difference There's a difference between kind of pushing something away gently and throwing something off. Uh, In in fact, we have a video. I want you to see what this is. You may not be familiar with this guy. His name is Marshawn Lynch. We're going to watch this from several different angles. Okay, his nickname is Beast Mode. So, Kyler, can can we kick this off? Just throw it off. (laughs) Throw off your enemy. When's the last time that you decided to just stiff arm your enemy in prayer? When's the last time that you said, you know what, like, not today. (laughs) I've gone down a lot of times, but I'm not going down today. I I, I love it because early on he starts running left and the way gets stopped. That's how life goes. You start making your move. I got this plan. It's going to work just like this. And suddenly it's not working how I expected. That's okay shift change directions you're still moving towards the goal line but don't let that first opposition stop you 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 keep going suddenly somebody's reaching out trying to grab you trying to take you down i'm going to keep going i know where i'm going i know who i'm about i know where my destination is and i don't plan on going down and then finally when he's coming up adam This is one of the best moves I've ever seen in all of football. To just take a guy and stiff arm him and throw him down. Like, well, that sounds really nice, but that's football. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6 says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, he's infinitely smarter than you are. But that doesn't mean that you can't take your stand. I don't think that you need to move into a, into a worldview where you, you just start throwing disrespect at, at your enemy. In fact, Jude would say the opposite of that. He'd say to be wise and to speak re- respectfully that even, um, even the angel said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. He didn't just talk trash at him. But So there's a healthy level of respect, but in a healthy level of respect, there's also a stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I think sometimes we do all of those things as Christians. Okay, I've got my time in the word. I've got my time in prayer. But we don't link it into our life. So I got my 
my spiritual life going on with, with God, and then I got everything else that, that's happening in the day. No, actually, your time with God is to combat <laughs> what's happening in the day. It's to face it early, head on. God, I understand this is coming at me, so I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. Because I don't want to take a hit and get a concussion today. I got my helmet on. I got the sword of the Spirit. I'm in the Word of God. But it's not just so that I can sit down and, oh, I got my devotional time. I'm in the Word because I know it's coming at me today. I'm in the Word because I know He's going to try and take me down today. I'm in the Word because I know that this is the only way that I'm going to continue forward. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving up, throw off what is holding you back. Just throw it off. In um, Isaiah 61, it says that he has taken away, he's taken away a garment of despair and he's given us a garment of praise. If you ever watch a garment of despair, it's always on somebody's shoulders. You don't even have to guess. Look at their shoulders and you'll say, hey, how, how you doing? If somebody slumped over, you know that they're not okay. Maybe like, well, they just have bad posture. No, I'm talking about, about that thing when they're just down. You can see it. And what he says is giving you a garment of praise. You break off, physically even, break off a garment of despair by lifting your hands in, in worship and praise. You just break it off. I'm not going to stay encumbered. I'm going to lift my hands to the one who is with me in the process. I'm going to have a praise party while I'm in, in the car. Not both hands, just one hand on, on the wheel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of y'all driving like you got no hands on the wheel anyway, but that's another matter. <laughs> Number three, run your race with perseverance when you feel like giving up. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I really like this idea, run your race. The one that's marked out for you. <laughs> you know, I see Bill Beckett in the house today. Good to see you, Bill. Bill's got a different race than I got. And we're at different points on the course. His is marked out for him. TD's is marked out for him. You run your race. I got to run my race. But what I don't need to do is be sitting here trying to tell you all the time how to run your race. Some of you are so focused on other people's races that you forgot to run your own. And it's just time to lock in on your own race. It's time to have the mindset of this is mine and I'm not looking left and right. Instead, my eyes are on what's ahead and who's ahead and I'm going to run my race. And then he gives these words with perseverance. You don't just set out to run. You set out with a mindset. I'm having a great time lately. I'm getting to, to know one of our speakers for this event coming up. And one of the fun things I get to do is work with the speakers and kind of give them some, some coaching and training. And this speaker is an Olympian, bronze medal Olympian. You're like, bronze medal. Yeah, that's top three in the world, right? So when this person, when we have a, a phone call and they talk about the power of perseverance, now, I might be giving coaching on the speaking, but I'm getting coached on how to do life because <laughs> I want to have an Olympic mindset. In an Olympic mindset, you're not waking up wondering, oh, I wonder what I'm going to be about today. I wonder if I'm going to train today. 
You already know where you're going because it's a long journey and the perseverance has to be written into the story that you're living. Isn't that exciting? Like you've been called into an Olympic style of life from God. Run your race with what? Sometimes we just run it with speculation. I run it with doubt. I run it with insecurity. All of those things may try and crowd in, but let perseverance be the theme. I know where I'm going. I know who I'm going to. I know what I'm going to be about. When you feel like giving up, remember it's the long haul. You know, lately I've been reading and studying the life of Kobe Bryant a lot. Um, When Kobe passed away, I I personally just, a few days, I I had a really difficult time with it. Um, And still, it's it's one of those strange things when you see somebody do such incredible things on, you know, even a basketball court, and there's a nature of them that almost feels invincible. <laughs> and yet, as he passed away, it's a reminder that all of us are finite, all of us are here, all of us are temporary, and then we're with God forever. Well, if we trust in him. <laughs> Learning about his life, I learned from his interviews and even how people talked about him. And he said openly, I wasn't the most talented. (laughs) I wasn't the most talented. Now, I was talented, but I wasn't the most talented. I was fast, but I wasn't the fastest. I was strong, but I wasn't the strongest. I was quick, but I wasn't the quickest. But what I did was I put in the work. And so he refers to this, as many of you know, as the Mamba mentality. The Mamba mentality. Let me give you a quote. Pain doesn't tell you when you ought to stop. Pain is the little voice in your head that tries to hold you back because it knows if you continue, you will change. Don't let it stop you from being who you can be. Exhaustion tells you when you ought to stop. You only reach your limit when you can go no further. It kind of sounds like the writer of Hebrews. (laughs) Kind of sounds like the Apostle Paul. I was going to give up, but then I remembered I'm called to strain, to strive heavenward for the prize in Christ Jesus. I'm going to press in, and I'm going to give more of myself to the process. Just if you have started in the year, and this happens a lot of times. We get into March, and the New Year's resolutions that you made of this Not just new year, but new decade. (laughs) New year, new me. New decade, new me. I'm not going to do all the things that I did, but then three weeks later, I'm eating all the things I said I wouldn't eat, and I'm not doing the workouts I said I'd do, and the promises I made to God about how I was going to walk with him and all of that. Oh, well, it didn't work, so maybe I just don't even try. There must just be something wrong with me. (laughs) And that's not completely wrong. (laughs) I, I, I realized it one day, Ron, I was like, is there something wrong with me? And I was like, actually, yes. (laughs) Like, there's a lot that's wrong with me. I am fundamentally flawed at many levels, and yet God still loves me anyway. But just because there's something wrong with me doesn't mean that I'm going to use that as my prop to say I'm giving up at this point of the game. Instead, I want to press in. Don't you want to press in and find out what he has for you in the process? Because it's in the pain that you change. And if you step out of what he's calling you into, you won't get to experience all that he has for you. 
But we're the ones who he has called, who he has inspired to come and live a different kind of life with him. And he doesn't give us the opportunity and all that to just keep our heads down and to live in yesterday. I love this. Uh, this thought, I got it as a, somebody sent me the, this quote one day and they said, just remember when you're driving, when you're driving, the windshield is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror. <laughs> But a, a lot of you are like locked in on the rearview mirror and you're like, man, it is bad back there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's wide open up ahead. I can't go back and fix everything that did happen, but I can drive forward and do things a little bit different in the future. Run your race with perseverance. And then I love this, fix your eyes on Jesus. Man, we're going full NBA in this message today. We got a little NFL, but now we're in, uh, in the actual NBA season. Um, as, as Bill Scott would say, uh, after All-Star break, the, NBA, the, the real NBA season has officially begun. Uh, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. When you feel like giving up, what do you do? You fix your eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, what, is it, what does it call him? The author and perfecter, I like this word, the pioneer. In other words, yeah, like I'm going to give you all of this great cloud of witnesses who walked in faith, but the true pioneer of what it looks like to live in faith, it's Jesus. If you want to know what it looks like to really live on the edge, Jesus. (laughs) So you fix your eyes on Fix your eyes on Jesus. And when you lock in with Jesus, you start moving towards Jesus. You ever notice that what you focus on grabs your attention and then you start moving towards it? <laughs> I think humans are like magnets. Once we identify something, we can't even avoid Like when, when we lock in, we are moving towards it. And that's why the writer here says, fix your eyes, not over here, but Get them back on Jesus. For, for me, it would be like, okay, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus and I'm going to work so hard and prove myself and like Jesus is going to be really impressed and I'm going to show him in my gifting and then now I'm focused on me <laughs> and all the things that I'm doing and he got, get your eyes back on him. Get your eyes back on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is something that, that I've noticed in NBA season. Once again, I told you we're going really strong on sports today. I'm a sports guy, you know, and, and I love the NBA. Watch this, the, these slides right here. I don't know if you can see these very well. Uh, left side is LeBron James, zero dark 23 activated. That's April, uh, April, 4, April 18, 2015, zero dark t- 30, uh, 23 activated. Uh, April 16, 2016. Uh, over here on the right side, lock in Steph Curry. Uh, once again, lock in Steph Curry. That's in June and in March. And then zero dark, 20, zero dark 30, 23 activated. Um, what, what's all of that about? Well, um, LeBron, when it comes playoff time, he just does this thing where he kills all of his social media because he says, I don't want to be uh, looking at anybody's comments. <laughs> I don't want to experience anything there. I am fully focused on the championship. So I just delete it. And he calls it zero dark 23. His number's 23. I'm just going dark 
as far as social media goes on everybody out there. I am locking in on this. Steph Curry before games all the time is always saying lock in, but when he gets to the playoffs, shuts his social media off. Why is that? Lock in. Exactly. It's to lock in. And what the author of Hebrews 12 is getting at is lock in. Lock in on your focus with Jesus. You can be focused on the comments. You can be focused on what other people are saying. But if somebody is going to draw you away from Jesus, sometimes it's okay to delete that number out of your phone. (laughs) In fact, I'd say if that person is going to pull you away, go ahead and delete it out of your phone. If that app is going to take and steal your attention, if you're going to lose relationships as we go into the political season because you can't stop from political arguments on Facebook, just go ahead and delete it now. You'll be thankful you you did in 2021 because you didn't change the election in that comment with your aunt on Facebook. Like it it never happens. It never works like that. You thought you were going to like correct everybody in the family. I'm just talking to to myself now. You thought you were going to like fix the problems with the world and then all of a sudden you just lost family and friends uh, because you you decided that it was time to disagree. Uh, <laughs> you got to lock in. Just lock in on the perspective. Fix your eyes on Jesus and now my eyes aren't fixed on everyone else because Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter. Well, we got to fly. We got to run because we got two more to go on this. These are six things once again that you do when you feel like giving up all from Hebrews chapter 12. Number five, find the joy in what is ahead. For the joy set before him, he what? For the joy set before him, he actually just sat back and said, man, if I could get some people to serve me in life, that would be really great. For the joy set before him, he said, man, I I, I don't think I'm going to work very hard today. (laughs) And when it gets challenging, I'm going to step back. For the joy set before him, he said, you know, when people talk bad about me, I'm going to sit around and talk poorly about them too. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, here we go. We're going to NBA once again. Are you ready? There it is. The man, the myth, the legend, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Who influenced Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal in such a way that they were chasing after a championship? I actually love championship moments. I think in the church we don't talk about championship moments enough. But you realize that like your 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 eyes are fixed on Jesus. You're locked in for what's ahead because there's something coming up in the future. Like there's a championship in this. <laughs> There's an all-time win, and that's why you don't give up in the process. Now, on an NBA season, it's once every year that you get to have an opportunity to— and I, what, what I wanted you to just look at right here is the passion. <laughs> like the, the Michael Jordan one up there, he's been working so hard he can't ever get there, and he's holding on to this trophy crying, and you're like— why are you crying? It's just a game. No, it's not just a game. It's my craft. It's what I poured all of my time, effort, energy into. I'm locked in on this because it means so much to me. Jordan, after hitting this shot over Craig Elo, just celebrating in the, in the air. Shaq and Kobe, I know you, you, 
don't worship an idol. But, I, but also just look at the celebration side of it. Like holding this trophy that we've been working towards together and then just standing in front of fans. This is what we all work towards together. Let me just ask you a question today. Are you playing at this like it's a championship season? Like the, your run with God, not your walk with God, but are you playing at it like it's for a championship? I know it's by grace that we're saved, but there's this crown that's given to those who persevere. <laughs> it talks about it in James chapter 1. Like there's something special about when your heart's so committed to this thing that you'll give everything for it and it's what you want more than anything in the world. For the joy set before him. That's why you go through all of the training in training camp. That's why you lift weights in the off season. That's why you do all of those things that these guys are doing in the off season. It's for the joy set before. What would it look like for us to max out on everything that God has given us. What would it look like to max out in prayer? What would it look like to redefine the standard and let Jesus wipe the slate clean and our eyes go back to him as our model? What would it look like to experience and when we feel encumbered and entangled to just throw it off? When you feel like giving up, find the joy in what is ahead. And finally, I just say this, number six, consider how he chose you. It says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will, this is two part. I need a little help over here. Y'all are not grow weary. You with me on that? Let me just point at you. Not grow weary. Randy's not going to grow weary in this. I'm not sure if everybody else, but just say it with me. Not grow weary. Let's try it again. Not grow weary. Right over here we have and lose heart. Okay, Scott's in on it too. And lose heart. Anybody else over here can help me out. And lose heart. Are you with me? All together. And lose heart. Can you say it out loud? And lose heart. So right over here you do and because what could happen is in your life if you end up in this place where you grow weary you might give up because what happens when you grow weary is you lose heart but the writer looks at us and he says do almost getting into it he says do why because if you do not grow weary you won't lose heart And sometimes we get all the way over here to this point of I have lost heart and I want to give up on the process. But what we missed is earlier on when we started growing weary, I needed to reach out and ask for somebody to pray for me. 
I needed to reach out and encourage somebody. I needed to reach out and say, oh, there's a great cloud of witnesses that have gone on to be with the Lord, but I'm walking with the great cloud of witnesses in person right now. So if it's okay, let's get breakfast. If it's okay, let's get together and pray. If it's okay, well, I'm not asking for permission. I'm writing you a note today because I got to make sure that you don't grow weary and you don't lose heart and that you go on the journey with Jesus and you don't give up too soon because the joy of what is ahead is greater than anything on earth. So I do not want to grow weary. I don't want to lose heart, but instead we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus and just stay with him. I'm locked in, walking towards Jesus. He says, consider him. Consider him. If you feel tired, if you feel weary, it's okay. That's being human. (laughs) Jesus felt tired. He was weary. Consider him. And what he did, he went to a cross for us. And when the cross got to its most difficult moment, he leaned into the pain even more. He counted everything else. He counted everything else as loss to have the joy of being with you forever. That's Jesus. Consider him. When you're weary, consider him. Because this is what I love. He didn't just give all of it up, all of the glory of heaven. When he came to a cross, he didn't just give all of it up so he could have you forever. He gave all all of it up so that he could be with you right now every day consider him who is with you that's powerful because you're not alone my grandpa used to say to me just remember when you walk into a room no matter where you are you and God are the majority you and God are the majority And Jesus is with you every step of the way. So where do we go at this point? I believe that we go to the place where humanity is level, where the world is equal, and that's the place of the cross. Just to that place today, to a cross and to an empty tomb, we're going we're gonna to worship. I don't know what your move is towards Jesus, but I know that there's a move. I know you have a move. I know maybe it's like, hey, I just want to press in even more today, and I want to commit like I'm all in. Maybe it's I've never stepped over the line. I've never asked Jesus to save me. I've never been washed in baptism. I've never been raised to life, but I know today, well, I'm considering how he chose me. I'm in. I'm in. I just need prayer because I'm discouraged. I'm worn out. I'm weary. Great. That's what we do this for. People say, man, I don't want to go down front. Why not? You read Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, you're like, I am running to the front just so that I could get some prayer. Because then I'm less likely to give up. I'm less likely to to lose heart. In fact, I'm celebrating that I'm going up there today. It ain't a walk of shame. It's a walk of celebration. Because I know that I got people for me. I know Jesus is interceding with me. I'm here today. So let's worship. Let's pray. Whatever your move is, won't you come as we stand, as we sing?